take just a minute this morning. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, Proverbs uh, 24. Now, I want you to notice, and I, I hope that this opens your eyes to some things. Um, and, and how many of you know what it means to be a, a, a self-starter? Somebody tell me what it means to be a self-starter. Can somebody tell me? Mr. Milburn. You see something that needs to be done, you start to do it. Or you start to figure out a way to do it. Uh, no one has to tell you. The Bible says in Proverbs that it tells us to look at the ant. The ant has no leader, but the ant as a group, they all chip in together and get the work done. All ants are self-starters, and the Lord points that out in Scripture. Now, notice if you would, Proverbs 24. I want you to see this. And, and maybe you say, well, pastor, you know, I, 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 I do this and that and whatever. It's not for me. But if you've got children or grandchildren that you can encourage along this line of seeing a need and say, I've got to get it done. That serves everybody well. It is pleasing to the Lord. Let me explain this to you. Uh, see, our new theme is loving him more in 2024. So uh, if you read that and you say, well, you know, I, I probably ought to love the Lord a little more this year. And so now the self-starter says, what can I do? And they begin to work to love the Lord more. If they're not a self-starter, they'll look at it and say, well, that's a nice thing. And watch everybody else. And so as a result, the person that's a self-starter, when I say that, they see a need, they see something that needs to be done and say, I want to do that. Whether it's in their life or whether it's in their, their spiritual life. or not. So notice the principles. I'm going to give you some principles this morning that I think will just kind of, uh, I think they'll open your eyes to, to some of it. Because I wouldn't think anybody in this room would say, I'm lazy and I'm proud of it. Nobody would do that. But I want you to see this. Look at Proverbs 24. Verse number 30, verse number 29. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. So he said, look, I'm not gonna, don't, don't be a person that says I'm going to pay back what somebody's done to me. And then he changes the subject. And he says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. He's slothful, and because he's slothful, he doesn't have a clear understanding of the way the future works. And we'll come back to that in a minute. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. So, no, excuse me, in verse number uh, 31, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof. The stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. Okay, now that's the part I want us to do this morning. I looked upon it and received instruction. That's what I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at this passage and pull principles out that will help us love Christ more in 2024. So notice, if you would, verse 32, then I saw, I saw the, I went by this guy's field and he said, he's known to be a slothful man. He's known not to be a hard worker. And, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, went by his field and I saw the wall that goes around it. Now, the wall kept out marauder, marauders, uh, thieves, it kept out uh, so that they couldn't get in the property and steal and, and put it on a cart and take it out. The wall protected from that. So many people had a wall around their property. It made it where animals couldn't get in and steal uh, the food out of their vines or trample down their, their gardens. So the wall was really important. And he said, I saw the wall all falling down. And notice nettles had covered the face thereof. 
Have you ever seen something grown up? Uh, how many of you noticed that if you don't watch your flower beds or your, your front landscaping, it just, <clears throat> how many of you noticed that? Okay. That is a penalty of sin. The ground bring forth trouble. Now, we have to look at it and say, well, that's a product of sin. I'm a sinner. Or you can say, well, I'm going to try to make it look like I know I'm a sinner, but I'm redeemed of the Lord, so I'm going to try to make it look nice. So it's a lot of work to go out and trim your hedges, pull out the weeds. Uh, now, you know, Americans, we're pretty ingenious, so we come up with ideas to make it where we don't have to do a lot. How many of you know what preen is? How many know what that is? Okay. What does it do? Somebody tell me. Brother Walter, what does it do? It stops the weeds from growing. So, okay, but it still takes if you're slothful, you can say, yeah, I know they got some down at Home Depot, but it's 25 bucks. Uh, but I go get it, but, man, it takes a while to put it down. The slothful, man, you're going to see in just a minute. He's got a thousand reasons why he, sh he can't do something. But you can take preen, you can put it all down in your, in your front bed, flower bed, and, and it prevents the weeds coming up. Um, for many years, how many of you see dandelions first thing in the spring? You know when spring's come when you see dandelions. You know what I'm talking about? They start popping up everywhere. I do not like dandelions. They're yellow. They just drive me crazy when I see them. If I see them when I was younger, I'd go out and I'd pull it up. You can't pull up a dandelion's root. It just comes back. So I found this guy called Turf Medic. And I said, okay. I said, I don't ever want to see another dandelion. And I don't want... Uh, ticks in my yard because I don't want my grandkids and I don't want us to get Lyme disease because there's deer all over the place running around through the yard and I'm sort of afraid of that. So I said, I want you to spray my yard for ticks and fleas and, and, I want, and, 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 and all kinds of things, any, any things that I can't see but I can feel uh, and, and, and I want you to spray for dandelions. And oh, by the way, anything, any other kind of weed. So you know what he does? He comes out a few times a year, and he sprays the yard, and it puts down what's called pre-emergent. So when the, water, when the ground temperature gets to a certain temperature where the, where the uh, weeds begin to germinate, they don't germinate. Now, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, that's the same thing the Holy Spirit does to us. He is our pre-emergent. Before sin happens, if we yield to him and have a healthy, healthy hand of the Holy Spirit in our heart, it prevents weeds. It prevents sin from growing in our lives. The closer we are to the Holy Spirit. And so you and I have a choice. We can sit back and say, you know, hey, uh, it's a lot of work to, uh, you know, to think about all the things you got to do as a Christian. I, I'll do the most of them if I can. But you'll notice here, look in verse number 32. He says, then I saw and considered it. And that's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to consider this morning being a self-starter spiritually. I want you to consider this morning the, the fruit if you're not. If you don't read your Bible and have a time of devotion, if you don't try to drop close to the Lord, if you're not faithful to church, if, you, if your mind and your heart is not in it. Notice if you would in verse 32, he says, then I saw and considered it well. I thought about it over and over. I considered it well. I, I let it go in my heart. I, I really tried to think through what caused that. What could I do differently not to be like that? Notice the next one. 
I looked upon it and received instruction. So it's not just to notice something. It's not just to notice the overgrown wall. It's not just good enough to notice the wall broken down. He says, I want you to learn from his mistakes. Now that is what a self-starter does. That is what is a spiritual person that's trying to grow more in 2024. And so that's the theme for this year is more. Uh, Whatever you do well now, do a little bit more of it. Um, Whatever uh, pre-emergent you've put in your life so that you don't lose your temper, you don't say the wrong words, you're you're not quick-tempered, you're not uh, lustful or covetous or whatever it might be, uh, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. When you see something, you say, I don't want that. So notice he says in verse number uh, 32, and received instruction. That is what a spiritual person does. Now, what is the difference between wisdom and experience? I've talk, we've talked about this before. What's the difference between wisdom and experience? Somebody tell me. Yes, ma'am? Experience hurts. Okay, well, that's, that's cutting to the chase of it, okay? Experience hurts, okay? Experience is when you learn by your mistakes. Uh, wisdom is whenever you learn by the, the principles of God and you avoid the mistakes, So the Lord said, look, I want you to grow. And so he says, I will give you wisdom if you'll ask me for it. He said, I'll give you all the wisdom you need. But wisdom alone is not enough. Can anybody name for me one person that's proof of wisdom alone is not enough? Anybody know? Solomon, absolutely. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live, but he did not follow through spiritually and see it and learn and and get instruction even though he wrote it. Some people are very good at at telling others what they should do, and many times, because of their background and intelligence, they're correct. But they don't do it. You know what that's called? A hypocrite, exactly. Uh, It's someone that puts on a good face, but their heart is not there. So notice, if you would, in verse number 33, This is one of the principles he learned. He considered the wall broken down. He considered it all overgrown. And he received instruction. What instruction? Here's the instruction that he learned. I think this is really cool. He says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy one as an armed man. He said, look, he said, if you stay in bed, uh, you know, you, you wake up and ah, I want to stay in bed a little longer. I want to stay in bed a little longer. I've told you about one of our, uh, my first secretary here, 35 years ago, um, we were in staff meeting and, and I don't know how it even came up. Don't remember the conversation. Uh, but I said, you know, uh, you know, you set your alarms. So you, I set my alarm so I can be here on time, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and so we kind of were talking and, and one of the other guys said, yeah, I set my alarm at I don't know what it is, 6.30 or whatever, and, uh, and, and didn't say much. And I said, well, you use an alarm clock? Yep. You said it? Yep. What, what do you set it for? She said, well, I set it for 5 or 5.30. And it goes off every five. It goes, it, I, but I, when it goes off, it's too early. So I hit the snooze button for five minutes. I said, okay. And she said, I do that until it's 6.30. I said, 
you hit the snooze button for an hour? Yeah, it kind of helps me work my way up to where I can get up. I said, I'd be exhausted by the time 6.30. I need to go back to bed. And, and, and we just could not believe it. But that was her normal, uh, normal operation. I just hit the snooze button. And so, you know, uh, I hate the snooze button. I got to get right up. Because if I lay there, what I sort of start thinking, you know, well, you know. And when you start delaying, uh, that's when he said, look, notice he says, a little sleep, a little slumber, and pretty soon I'm late. So all I'm trying to say to you is that we're going to look at a couple things here, and I want you to see the principle is I looked and saw. Keep your eyes open to things that you know you don't want in your life. A broken down wall, a grown over property, a a, a temper, a lustful attitude, a covetous attitude, a proud attitude, and look at it, and then consider it well. That's what this verse says. But take it to the next step and say, this is what I've learned about that. And so you'll notice, he says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. There have been times that I've kind of Oh, I'm just going to sleep a little longer. Um, you'll notice, so shall thy poverty come. Now, I want to give you some things about the slothful man, the lazy man, about the man that does two things, procrastinates. Now, what does procrastination mean? I can't even say it. What's procrastination mean? Put off. Okay, it's to put off till tomorrow something you ought to do today. And so, so that I would not be like that, my wife uh, knows the, the saying that I have when she'll say, uh, you know, when will she do this or when will she do that? If I can do it today, don't put it off till tomorrow. So that's the reason why a lot of things I'll do right now when I'm thinking about it. Anybody, anybody like that? Well, I'm thinking about it, i got to do it right now. So when somebody says something, I, I, I got to do that right now. Put a note down, I go do it right now. I get up a list in the morning, and then I try to do my list. And if somebody says, well, what about this? Oh, I don't my list. I got to go do that right now. And so somebody says, well, pastor, you know, you're, you're over here, and you're over here, and you're over here. I'm trying to get things done before I forget about them. I don't want to put it off until tomorrow. Now, that's just me. Now, notice, if you would, Proverbs 24 and verse 30. He says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. A lazy person doesn't have a good understanding. A good understanding of what? What happens because he is lazy. What happens because he procrastinates. He doesn't realize the damage that will do. Anybody here in college and you had a paper due and you waited a little too late to start. I mean, you got it done but no dose and coffee and all that kind of stuff. You're just up all night. Uh, you're, you're trying to get done. I don't ask you to raise your hand, but I'm just saying, many people, most people do that. They wait till the last minute. They see it and say, I got to hurry up and get it done right now. So it is pressure that causes them to operate. Um, the wise man operates off the principles, I need to do this. I'm going to get it done. And I want to tell you something. That is a spiritual principle but it's also a good business principle. Do what you ought to do when you can do it as soon as possible. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Now, notice with me, if you would, a second thing. 
Uh, notice verse 31. Lo, is all grown over thorns. The slothful man, the lazy person, is they're never going to have things in good condition because they don't keep up with it. It takes maintenance. Did you know there are people that make billions of dollars just doing maintenance? Uh, you know, we can call a company, and they'll come out, and they'll, they'll take out all of our filters. We've got uh, 10 or 12 filters in this building. They'll take out the filters every three months, and they'll check all the belts and hoses, uh, and, and that way your, your units last a lot longer. They can, people do that at your house. Uh, how many of you have humidifiers? Okay. A humidifier keeps the floor from shrinking and swelling, keeps your cracks from all your, your sheetrock and all that stuff, the trim. Uh, but did you know you a, a humidifier doesn't just work right all the time? If you leave it on in the summer, you can get mold. You have to be careful. There's a time to turn it off, a time to close it, uh, a time to use it, a time not to use it. And, and you know what? There's also a time to clean it out. They usually have a little trap on them. You've got to clean them out. And so having a house, having property, you, it does require maintenance. But listen to this. A spiritual heart requires maintenance. I'm not trying to help you with your house necessarily. I'm trying to help you with your heart. It's just an example that he says, I looked and saw and learned a lesson. If I don't maintain my spiritual heart and build it, Things are going to fall down. Uh, things are going to not be in good condition. And there's a lot of Christians that they don't spend the time to maintain a spiritual heart, a spiritual mind. And folks, today, we've got to do that. Let that be your goal in 2024, more for Christ, more love for Christ. And you can do that by maintaining your heart and adding to it. Now, notice uh, another thing. Um, Poverty or hard times will often be present in his life. Notice, if you would, it says in verse 34, So that shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want, your lack of things. So poverty is when you don't have enough. You work, but you don't have enough. Or you don't always keep a job, you don't have enough. And so you're always struggling. And there are people all over that are always struggling. In our church, in every church, in every business, because they put things off yesterday, I met a man <clears throat> that said, um, uh, they, they came to me on Wednesday and said, Pastor, could, could the church pay my water bill? And I said, look, we don't pay water bills or we could spend our whole budget on water bills because there's thousands of people that are late on their water bills. Oh, so but we'll buy you food and groceries and I'll put a tank of gas in your car. That's a policy of our church. We want you to be able to get to work. We want you to be able to eat. And then you can take the money you would spend on that and pay your water bill. He said, okay. And I said, how much is your water bill? And I'm thinking about, and I, I, I pulled out some money and gave some money for gas. And, uh, uh, I, I said, uh, so, so tell me, tell me what your water bill is. And I think it might be $150. You know, how much water can you use? Um, how much is your water bill? About $80. He, he's, got a, he's got a well. I thought, you don't have a well, do you? Okay, about $80, okay. 
Uh, anybody else got a water bill, normal water bill? I think it's three months, isn't it? Uh, every three months. So, you know, $50, $80, $20, $30, something like that. Um, $400 for three months. Whoa. So, you know what I said? I said, I, I, I didn't realize. So, what happens if you don't maintain? That's when you pay your bills monthly, or it gets to be out of, out of pocket. You can't cover it. So we learned. Now, notice another thing here. Uh, this is the one I want you to learn. Uh, notice Proverbs 20 and verse number 4. I want you to turn your Bible. We're going to look at some verses now. Proverbs 20 and verse 4. Now watch this. We're looking at excuses why I can't do something. Excuses why I can't do something. The procrastinator or the lazy person or the slothful person may have a nice suit and look better than I do. But behind the scenes, the old things, their house is not in good condition. Uh, it, 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 it's just that, you know, well, well, why aren't they? Well, let me, let me explain to you why. To him the reasons, to the Lord their excuses. And you're going to find in a minute, this is something the Lord is not pleased with. So look in verse number uh, 20 and verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. So when do you plow? Early in the spring so you can get your seed in the ground so it comes up. He won't plow in time to get the seed in the ground. So when the rains come, he can't plow. And, and, he, and he says, look, it's too cold. Notice the next phrase. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Because he doesn't do things that he's supposed to do no matter what the headwind. No matter the the, the temptation to make an excuse. Here's another one. Look in 26 and verse 13, if you would. Chapter 26 and verse number 13. The slothful man said, now this is a funny one. I like this one. The slothful man said, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the street. As the door turneth upon its hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, it grieveth him to bringeth it again to his mouth. So watch this. He says, it's cold outside. How many have ever realized it, it, it's cold outside? And you ought to do something, but it's just cold. How many have ever? And you went out and did it anyway. You know, you gotta, you got you to gotta plow your driveway, or you got to use your shovel and snow, uh, get your driveway cleared and your sidewalk cleared, because if you don't and it and it thaws and it freezes, then what do you got? You got an ice rink. You can't get any place. And so you have to learn that I got to get out there and get it done so that I can get out to my car and I can go to church, I can go to work, and, and, and I'm safe. So he says, he says, well, it's cold. And his next excuse, and this is only an African can make this, I think. There's a lion in the street. Well, I think that sort of is a symbol for any excuse you want. It's cold. I saw a lion out there. I don't want to get eaten alive. So you notice he says, so I'm not going to go. But then you'll notice in verse 14, here's a great example. As a door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful man upon his bed. When he ought to get up out of bed and get working, you see the door on the hinges goes back and forth. How, how much does the door get done? Nothing. Back and forth. 
So the guy that's putting things off lays on his bed and turns back and forth and a little extra sleep. But the problem is he begins to beg and harvest. He doesn't have what he needs. He has a four-month water bill. Okay, notice if you would, uh, look with me if you would, Luke, uh, um, Luke uh, excuse, Proverbs 22 and verse 13. Notice this verse, Proverbs 22 and verse 13. Same thing. The slothful man said there is a lion without. Before it was in the street, now it's someplace. And I should be slain in the streets. So uh, there's another excuse. You'll notice, if you would, he complains much of the time. You don't, you don't have to turn here, but let me read it to you. The slothful man says, uh, hideth his hand in his bosom, and it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. He becomes so lazy, he said, I don't even feel like eating. It's too far from my plate to my mouth. Now, I'll, I'll be frank with you. I might be lazy sometimes, but I've never been that lazy. Well, I can't get the food to my, from the plate to my mouth. That's what happens. It's such an extreme example. Uh, notice the next one, if you would. Uh, and this is one that kind of ought to scare us. Look at verse number 16 of chapter 26. The sluggard or the slothful man is wiser in his own conceits than seven men that can render a reason. In other words, he's proud. He thinks he knows better than everybody else. It's impossible to work with a guy like that. Uh, he's smarter than seven other men combined in his mind. He doesn't see it. Folks, if you learn one lesson this morning, learn this lesson, this principle. Don't look at your own life and say, I don't have that flaw or that flaw or that flaw. Sit down and think about it well. So you can do more at 24. It's important for you not to look at seven other men and say, well, I'm not like that. I'm smarter than that. Pride, apparently, according to the Word of God, gets quickly into the heart of someone that puts things off. Don't let that happen to you. Um, notice here's another one. He loves to sleep and sleep late. Uh, I, from, you know, when kids come home from college, uh, they're tired and they'll sleep late. How many of you, whenever you've had an exhausting day, you go to bed and you get up at the same time you've been going getting up? It's like your body's got an alarm clock. You know, that's a blessing of the Lord and a curse also. Uh, because you want to sleep a little later, I, I just can't. Normally I get up in the morning about 5.15, 5.30, and, and try to have my devotions and, you know, all the different things that go on. And, uh, but on Sunday morning, because I don't have to be at the office at 7.30, I could sleep a little bit later because I don't have to be here until 8.40. So I got an extra hour. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll put on my alarm at 6, 5, 25, 5, bing. You know, it is important that you and I train ourselves to do the right thing consistently. And, 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 and you'll notice here, uh, it is that a, a, a lazy person doesn't have that time. It, they, they sleep late and later and later. You know, sometimes I wished I could sleep later. But that's the reason why I got to go to bed early. I want to make sure I go to bed on time. So, because I, I can't extend the sleep time much, so I might as well just go ahead and go to bed early. So, I never know if the Cowboys win or lose, if it's a Sunday night game, because it's halftime. Or if it's a Monday night game, I'll never know. 
you know, the, the, the Longhorns got beat the other night uh, by Washington, the last play of the game. I didn't know what happened. When, you know, it, when I went to bed, it was very competitive. I, I didn't know what the score was because I can't stay up very late. Um, watch night service. Went to bed. Didn't get home till about 1, 1.30 after we cleaned everything up. And bing, you know, got right up. And then I went back in the afternoon and took a nap. I mean, just couldn't keep going. You know, uh, the, the Bible is trying to teach us, think about it, consider it, and look in your life and say, what can I do to do more in 24? Now, notice with me, if you will, this. Look, um, look in verse number uh, 10, Proverbs 10 and verse number 26. Proverbs 10 and verse 26. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. What's that trying to say? If you send somebody that's lazy to do a job for you, it's like smoke in your eyes. It's like, why did I send that guy? I should have known he wasn't going to do it. He didn't do a good job of it. I can't believe that. You know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's like vinegar to the teeth. Now, I don't know what that's like. I don't put vinegar on my teeth, but I'm, they must have. Maybe that was their toothpaste. I don't know. But right now, I haven't studied that one out. But what I do know is smoke in the eyes. How many of you know what that's like? I mean, your eyes water. Oh, my goodness. Well, he says, if you use a, sla- a lazy person, it's going to be smoke in your eyes. And so you begin to say, wow, I can't even use that guy consistently. Do you see the principles that are in this passage? And, and notice, if you would, um, look in Proverbs 21, 25. A, I think this is the verse that I want you to see. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. He's a big dreamer, but with no feet to his dreams. Verse 25. The desire of the slothful killeth him. Oh, I want to get that done so bad. For his hands refuse to labor. Oh, I got, I got this thing I want to get done, but man, I'll never get it done because he doesn't want to do it. And notice what he says, verse 26, he coveteth greedily all the day long. Boy, I sure would like to have that new car. Boy, I sure would like to live in that neighborhood. Boy, I sure would like to have that job. But notice what it says. But the righteous, he coveteth greedily all the day long. He's wanting things. Notice what the, the flip side of it. But the righteous giveth and spareth not. A righteous person is one that's able to give, one that joys in giving. A lazy person enjoys getting. And he says, do you understand the difference Solomon's saying? Um, and he's a big dreamer, uh, but he's, Proverbs 20, verse 4 says he's always asking for help. Um, we have a policy at the church that when we help somebody, uh, we take them out and get them foodstuffs. We'll take a picture of their driver's license and say, well, you can't come back for a year because we've had people come back weekly. Why this principle? They'll constantly ask for help. We want to help you get on your feet, but, but we're not a food bank. We're, not, we're here to help people. Now, in the early days, there was nothing And so the churches, um, because they all uh, sort of had things together, as you'll know, they pooled their money, they used it to help everybody. And part of the reason that system failed, 
the joy of it is because there are always people taking advantage of those that worked hard, and pretty soon there's a split comes because there's always people saying, give me. That's the procrastinator. That's the slothful person. And but the righteous, now listen, you know what it says? The righteous, he overlooks and says, I'll help you. Now that's a hard thing. So we want to always be good to people if we can. We want to try to teach them how to fish rather than giving them a fish all the time. But there are sometimes they just need a fish. And so we want to be good to people. We want to be known as a place that loves people. So that causes our heart to be righteous. We like to give. There are always people that like to get. Sometimes we have to help people and just close our eyes, knowing what's going to happen. They'll kind of come back. That's what the Scriptures teach. And then notice this a last thing here. Um, look at, well, you, you don't have to turn there, but uh, uh, the, the slothful man will be very wasteful. Look, if you would, in Proverbs 12. I want you to see this, Proverbs 12 and verse number 27. Proverbs 12 and verse 27. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. So he'll go out and hunt, but you know what? Oh, I got my, I got my, I got my antelope, I, I, I got my deer, but it's too much trouble to skin it and get it ready to eat. But the diligent man is never like that. He gets it, chops it up, puts it in store, and, and, and smokes it, and has it ready for his family. He's ready for the winter. The slothful man, he might go hunting, and he might get his prey, but ah, folks today, learn the lesson. Sit down when you see someone that's struggling, and try to learn why for your own heart. But as a righteous person, if you can help, do it. Don't let the other person that is slothful and doesn't learn their lesson, don't look at them and say, fooey on you. It's easy to do that. And we can't always keep helping. But there's a limit to everything. But Christians that are righteous have to have a good heart. And you know what? We're going to be taken advantage of some. Just say, Lord, I took advantage of you. I probably do it almost every day. I received the gift of eternal life, and I don't always do what's right, and I'm sorry. So let's look at other people and learn the lesson, the principle of the slothful always is in debt, always is making excuses, always is wanting from other people, um, always turns on their bed. They don't want to get out of bed. They've always got an excuse, but the righteous person is ready to give. Are we righteous this morning. I challenge you. I know people in this room are givers. I just encourage you, don't let your heart get tired of giving. The Lord said, the poor will what? Always be here. You want to know why? Because there's always people that are going to be lazy, and you can't stop it. There's always going to be sinners, but Christians love sinners. So, yes, there's a line uh, we've tried to put that into practice in our church to help people, but we can't pay their mortgage every month. Um, I sort of learned this years ago when we had, um, we, we would get turkeys and we would get a full meal 
And uh, we would seek out people that need it. We'd take it by and drop off. They were so happy. And there was one lady that called in and says, you know, I'm really struggling. Could, could you help me? And I've got three or four children, and my husband died. Oh, sure. So went by, and she lived in about a $500,000 house, and this was 20 years ago, and uh, over there in, in Herndon. And, uh, and then we said, wow, you know, uh, I don't know what the circumstance. Maybe she just lost her husband and, and trying to work through some things. And so then the next Thanksgiving, she called back and said, look, could she help me again? Yeah, sure, we did it. The third time she called, three years later, says, where's my turkey? Y'all left me out this year. My point is, the slothful will always do this. But Christians give as long as they can. It's righteous. Lord Jesus, would you bless today? Help us to learn the lesson of procrastination. Sit down and learn well. If we start making excuses about why I can't do something, or uh, Lord, protect our hearts. Help us to be like the ant and learn the lesson that we just do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it, and you'll bless us. In your name we pray. Amen.